I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs and Rob Howe back with you once again. Rob, what's up, man? Oh, Andrew, it seems like there's been a lot up there, and uh, continues has. to be a lot up. Yes, and, well, it's, uh, it's 2020. Again, I, I reach back to when, you know, the pandemic started and, and the quarantine started when we were concerned about having things to talk about. Yep. And now I just think... Yeah, man, we were uh, we were definitely uh, <laughs> off base with that assumption. Yeah, if only we had a little less to talk about, that, that, that might be good. Uh, but yeah, obviously a lot has happened as we sit here on late on a Tuesday morning, a week after our last podcast, and uh, a lot has happened with the Iowa football program uh, since then. Uh, the, the biggest thing, I guess the biggest kind of tangible thing, is that Chris Doyle is no longer a member of the coaching staff. He was the long-tenured... Um, it, Executive director of football for Iowa, um, you know, essentially Kirk Ferentz's right hand man, the strength and conditioning coach, the highest paid person in that position in the country, uh, credited with you know turning a lot of two star farm kids into first round offensive line talent in the NFL, uh, and, and certainly had a big impact on the program uh, positively. But as we've seen in the last ten or twelve days, uh, had a, a big impact on the program in a negative sense, and uh, to that end, he is no longer a, a member of the program. Uh, reached a separation agreement with Iowa. That was announced Monday, uh, where Chris Doyle will get uh, essentially 15 months worth of compensation, right? Uh, $1.1 million and 15 months worth of benefits to to kind of go away quietly. Yeah, there we have the uh, the full agreement up on the website at HawkeyeNation.com if people want to kind of read through what the, you know, what the settlement was. Um, and uh, yeah, Gary Barter was asked by me and a couple of other uh, reporters at the press conference on Monday, uh, what was that, June the 15th? Yeah, um, yes. You know, why because he started the press conference, or at least early in the press conference, said he felt like the external investigation by the lawyers in Kansas City would take less than a month, you know, weeks. And my main, my first question was, well, if it's going to take weeks, why not just wait to see how that plays out and then determine from there um, you know, 
you know, the situation with Doyle. That way, maybe, you, you know, if the allegations end up being uh, true or enough of them are true that you can fire him with cause, you don't have to pay him the $1.1 million. And I don't know about contract law and all the other stuff that he would be guaranteed. I did not look at his contract, and Gary didn't really say uh, when asked directly about that what the situation was. Uh, but his reasoning was that he felt the program needed to step forward, move forward, uh, and it needed to do that by basically cutting ties with uh, with Chris Doyle, and that needed to happen now. And I guess they felt like the $1.1 million being paid out now uh, was the right thing to do to, to cut ties right now uh, instead of you know potentially not having to pay that money out in a couple weeks based on whatever the uh, investigation finds out yeah you you wonder how hard it would be to to prove um you know some of the allegations if if there's not overt things if there's not uh, any sort of evidence with this i mean obviously there, there's a lot of smoke with this fire and, and there are you know what 50 60 guys who have come out with stories like this you just wonder uh yeah what was the determination made hey this is gonna be too hard to prove cause it's it's not gonna be worth the legal fight and and probably the, the pr hit of letting this kind of drag out longer i think it's a, a good look for iowa pr wise to have cut ties with chris doyle at this point this quickly and you know we'll, we'll go into last Friday's press conference with Kirk Ferentz and some of the players but uh, the, the feeling that, that I got and I, I don't remember exactly I think it was maybe Keith Duncan who said this maybe Ivory Kelly Martin I'm, I'm getting it mixed up but Essentially, a weight feels like it's been lifted. There has been change in that program. That building feels different now than it did when Chris Doyle was walking the halls, and I do think that's an important piece to put in here. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, Gary Barta said on Monday they had studied some – you know, inequities in the department, you know, the graduation rate for black people and maybe some, you know, feelings of inequity. And they started to address that a few years ago. But as he said yesterday, it wasn't enough and it didn't happen quick enough. Now we've reached the point where it has to happen now. It has to start happening now. Um, and then last, you know, and we, we'll talk more about this uh, and, and how the players feel about this. But last week, uh, Monday and Tuesday uh, would have been whatever the the eighth and ninth uh, when they first got back to campus. They being the players and the coaches, they were supposed to work out those first two days, and instead they met and and cleared the air, put everything on the table. Um, you know, and and the players, at least you know the players that were at the press conference said they felt like they were able to express themselves uh, and bring up concerns. Uh, the players and Kirk Ferentz said it, bo- it was powerful. Uh, you know, at times it w- was uncomfortable and heated. Um, and that's got to happen. We, we, and I wrote a column Friday uh, after the, the press conference with, with uh, Kirk Ferentz and the players that this is a good start. This had to happen. And now where does this go from here? How, how do you continue to make this a you know, a, a program where um, it's inclusive and everybody feels like they're given, you know, the same voice and, and given the same opportunity and, and not oppressed in any way. And we can argue what, you know, the the accusations and who's legit and, and you know, who, who has credibility and who doesn't. But 
Kirk Ferentz and Gary Barta have both said there are problems and acknowledge that these are problems and they need to be fixed and they need to be fixed now. And it's not going to happen overnight, uh, but it's a good first step. Now let's, you know, let's see where it goes from here because, you know, action speaks, speaks louder than words. And uh, this isn't a new problem in the program. This has happened for years and it's, there's probably going to be a lot of nuance to it. There's going to be a lot of different issues to it. And let's be honest, Andrew, this is, you know, this coaching staff is going to have to change the way it coaches. Yeah. And how effective will that be? And, and you know, that's that's a big question for me. You're talking about, you know, un- unintertwining a, a culture, you know, with, with this stuff going on in it while trying to keep the good parts of the culture, trying to maintain, as you said, uh, you know, the, the success on the field that this staff has had, that this program has had. It's, it's going to be an interesting thing to see them kind of try to navigate this. And you talk about steps. There's going to be a lot of steps and, and certainly tangible change needs to happen uh, sooner rather than later. This independent investigation and the findings there will be a big, big piece of this. And, uh, you know, as Gary Barta said yesterday, weeks not months on that so uh, i'm expecting and results of that not to sooner. interrupt andrew yeah. but that investigation i know there's people out there that are questioning what about brian ferentz and what about seth wallace and some other of the coaches that were uh accused of mistreatment gary barta said yesterday that's all going to be handled in this investigation they're going to try to get to all of these stories as many stories as they can and determine kind of you know who was it responsible for what you know what stories were true and all of that so hopefully this investigation addresses all the coaching staff not just chris doyle chris doyle's gone but what's going on with the guys that are still there and uh you know what responsibility do they have in terms of these accusations against them yeah and including kirk ferentz uh, with that as well and, and gary right. barter and the entire athletic department with that as well you know and i i was encouraged by that yesterday when when he said that and uh he essentially i think he said at one point i'm comfortable at this point with letting the the external investigation the independent investigation kind of tell us what to do with some of these other pieces to this. Uh, that tells me that they understood that Chris Doyle was a big part of this problem and, and something they didn't need to wait for an investigation to determine. They needed to do, to handle that right away. And then uh, there, there's nothing so cancerous in this staff right now or in this program right now that they can't wait an extra you know, six weeks or however long this is going to take for, for this independent investigation to essentially come back and give them a guideline, give them a framework and, and maybe a roadmap as to, to how to kind of go ahead and make these changes, what changes do need to be made, uh, what needs to happen, who needs to be punished, uh, who hasn't already been punished. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, You you talk about how many steps there are going to be, and I think... As you said, we've had a, a few good first steps, and and one of those I think is it certainly seems like from from my position, from you know sitting far away, watching these things on video, and and, and paying as cl- close of attention as I can, that Kirk Ferentz and Gary Barter are taking this seriously, and, and this is something we're seeing all over in, in our country right now is is people kind of waking up to, uh, you know. I, 
I, th- I think most people would have would have said three weeks ago or however long ago uh, before any of this started. Uh, you know, racism is bad and and it's it's a problem, but and but and it's bad, but uh, it's not maybe maybe didn't have the urgency that our country seems to have right now about this. And it seems like Kirk Ferentz and Gary Barta have that urgency now. And, and I was uh, I, I've never seen Gary Barta. As open or emotional as he was yesterday, watching that press conference, when he teared up a couple of times, it did not feel, to me at least, like it was put on. It did not feel staged. It did not feel fake. Uh, it, it felt like you were you were watching a man kind of come to terms with the fact that he's always. And I feel like a lot of people in our country are dealing with this right now, Rob. We consider ourselves good people, and and we're not racist, and we you know we believe in rights for everybody. But how much have we actually fought for that? How deep have those conversations gone? Gary Barta said he's had a lot of conversations about this as as an athlete, and then as an administrator in in college athletes uh, or athletics. But it's it's almost always been surface level, and I think he was kind of admitting that too. You know, hey, we looked into this a few years ago, and we've realized there were some issues. We obviously didn't take them seriously enough we didn't know that they were as deep as they were and and maybe didn't do enough about them at the time and and now's the time to change that so as a fan of this program and and of this of this staff uh it's been really kind of uh it's given me some optimism and some hope to see these men who you know we know have are, are kind of set in their ways and and can kind of let the rest of the world swirl around them as they focus on their little bubble to see them kind of opening their eyes and realizing hey we 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 had an issue here and we didn't do enough about it uh, i was really happy to see that with gary barda uh, on monday yeah and, and like we said i i was there and it it felt real i mean it felt um like it was sincere i I don't doubt that i you know there was contrition he there were there was an apology um i i I thought he did a good job Uh, there were some questions i think that were asked of him that um i think could come up later perhaps in lawsuits uh how the tracy grease bomb uh, the former field hockey, how that firing was handled when there were accusations of bullying, uh, looking back at the rabdo situation, how that was handled. Um, there were some questions there that I felt like he, 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 he couldn't answer because he's kind of in a tough spot and needs to wait for this investigation to come back. Um, but I did feel like, uh, he was being honest and let's, let's, I mean, the status quo has gone on in this country for too long, Andrew, and that's why we are where we are right now. And I know people are rolling their eyes listening to this right now and saying, oh, here comes Howe again with his white privilege and, you know, uh, unconscious bias and uh, systematic racism. What a load of crap. And for the people that don't think that that's real, um, I don't know what to tell them because yeah. it is real. It is. And if you want to ignore it, you can ignore it. Um, but to think that it wouldn't infiltrate or, or impact college athletics. Um, man, is that naive to not think that this was going on not, not only at Iowa, uh, but across the country. And we're starting to see it trickle out a little mm-hmm. bit. We saw it at Oklahoma State uh, with Mike Gundy. Uh, we've seen it at Clemson. We've seen it at Utah. Texas is now coming out and has athletes demanding, uh, you know, some some rights or some wrongs be right. And this isn't going to stop. And we've talked about Iowa having a chance to, to be a, a, a big part of change here and, and part of the face of change. And it can do that. Um, 
if it's done the right way. Uh, but I, but again, Andrew, I mean, to think that this wasn't going to be with all that's going on in this country since since you know since George Floyd's death and and the awareness that it's brought, to think that college athletics would be immune to that is is so naive. It's so misguided. I mean. To, uh, this stuff has been happening all over the country in all walks of life. This is deep. It's going to have, and it's going to take a long time to change the culture, this country, and college athletics. Yeah, and and, and it's, it's it's late. We're we're already late to the party. You're exactly right. And so the urgency that that people are feeling uh, is is warranted. And and I'm with you exactly. I mean, especially uh, as we've seen college athletes get more and more power over the recent years. I mean, this is a an unpaid workforce uh, made up primarily of, of African-American men um, who are coached primarily by w- older white men. And, and as you said, to think that this wasn't going to rear its head in this realm uh, is naive and it's it's maybe wishful thinking for some. But uh, for me, I'm glad this is this is kind of happening now. Now, I don't I'm not glad that Iowa is embroiled in this. I'm not glad that, uh, you know, Kirk Ferentz's legacy is, is on the line in some ways here. But I am glad that this stuff is out in the open and it's it's being talked about and it's being addressed seriously and that the people uh, who who are on the, the the victims of a lot of this stuff are have a voice and have a place to speak out and are finally being listened to um and you're exactly right there's there's people rolling their eyes right now but uh i i take a lot of uh a lot of solace in the fact that i'm, I'm typically on the right side of history with these things rob <laughs> and uh, and i feel that way about about this whole situation as well um you know it's yeah, and People are going to listen to this and say, you know, try to. There's that. There's that. Those de- deflection techniques that that are being used right now. Ah, you know, how and downs. They're liberals. <laughs> CNN, right. fake news, all that other stuff. And I'm worn out from trying to discuss this with people in terms of what they want to see, what they want to believe, what they don't want to believe. If, if people can't see the issues that are going on in this country right now, I, I can't. I, you, you wonder, you, you know, you kind of get torn between I really want to help these people and educate these people yeah. and try to share with them maybe what they're missing. But some of them are so set in their ways that they're just not going to want to change. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. And we talked about this a little bit last week that change is coming. You know, I listen to my kids and I listen to their friends and how they interact and how they feel. And I have hope for future generations that the change is coming. And if people don't want to get on board with that, that's up to them. But they're going to get left behind. They're going to be the minority. And maybe that's wishful thinking on my part, but that's how I need to move forward. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, for me, last thing on this part but yeah for, for me when people approach me like that it, it's all about how they approach me I'm, I'm, I'm willing to have a conversation and, and to try to discuss and, and tr- to try to, to to both learn and and teach people um, but it, it's all about how you how you approach me with that if you come at me you know yelling names and uh, yeah calling me fake news and all that kind of stuff and you don't want a conversation I'm not going to have a conversation if you, if you come at me you want a conversation hey I'm, I'm here to have it uh, so, it's, it's yeah. like how many times have you maybe maybe this is more maybe this is me and and you haven't 
had this discussion, but how many times are we still going to have the discussion about why black lives matters <laughs> right. is important and not have people say, well, all lives matter Yes, and, and miss that point. I, I, I can't, I mean, I've had that discussion so much and I'll continue to have that discussion. But to me, you got to educate yourself a little bit too and understand, look at what's going on around you and understand why that matters. Yes, exactly. And you know, if, if, if players taking a knee during the national anthem is something that's going to infuriate you to the point where you can't watch, then I, you really are going to have two choices this fall, either tune in five minutes late or, or, or not watch because this is happening. You know, that's going to be a big, we're going to have at least a podcast on that when the football (laughs) games roll around again. If you don't believe that, go, go to our Hawkeye Nation Facebook page yeah. and story that I published over the weekend about Matt Hankins saying I don't I, I, I'm not waiting for what you know the team decides which which Kirk wants to do in terms of kneeling or standing he's going to take a knee and he's a senior uh, three years going to be a three year starter um, you know so I posted that story on our Facebook page and man go look at the comments on that if you don't think that's going to be a story when the season rolls around you're exactly right uh, uh, more from Gary Barty yesterday he, he did give a, a real uh, you know genuine it felt like vote of confidence to Kirk Ferentz as, as the man he feels is in a position to lead this program forward you know he he talked about all the things that we know the community service and the 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 relationships with the vast majority of his players uh the 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 on-field success the putting guys into the nfl uh, and the relationships there the um you know donations to the hospitals the uh, all of it uh, that that we all know so well the the reason that we all for the most part love kirk ferentz uh and and so I, again, I was glad to hear Gary Barter kind of give that vote of confidence. And now again, this is—it's—I feel like we're going to have this refrain for a while, Rob, of just things are are in in seem to be going well. They seem to be headed the right direction. They they've got these these groups that they're talking to. They've got this in, investigation going on. This this group of players. They've had these meetings. Uh, the players seem to, like things are are on the right track. And it's just going to come down to, to putting the actions behind these words and, and putting some actual cha- tangible things in front of us. Uh, what has changed? What is changing? Uh, it's and, and some of that's going to be a little abstract and it's going to be kind of hard to, to know because we're not in those buildings every day. We're not in those practices or in that weight room. Uh, we, we do, we're going to have to kind of take the word of players. Uh, it does seem like the players are going to be able to give us their word a little more openly. Uh, the, you know, the Twitter thing, I was happy to see Kirk Ferentz essentially say that was a dumb thing and uh, he again I think a lot of times I I think maybe one of the things Kirk Ferentz is most guilty of is um unwillingness to change he kind of set something up you know 20 years ago and it's worked for the most part in a lot of ways but there are things that haven't worked and and places where it's broken down and and the world has changed in those two decades and he uh, is probably guilty of not quite changing along with the times as much as he should have. And I think he, he would openly admit that right now as well. Yeah. And he's come out and said, you know, that, you know, taking responsibility for his program, he is, uh, you know, he is the CEO. it's his program. He's responsible for everything that goes on in there to some degree. Um, and, uh, if there's, if there are a few things that, 
you know, you look at and, and, you know, those black graduation rates, the transfers that are so overwhelmingly of black players from his program. Um, and this has been happening now for, you know, probably at least in a five to eight year window. Um, those are things that should have been addressed. And those are things that he could have addressed, uh, as Gary Barta said, uh, more vigorously and quicker. And, um, you know, so he certainly bears uh, responsibility for that. And and we talked about it last week, Andrew. He is really, at this point, working, coaching for his legacy here because this is a huge black eye for him. And uh, whatever his responsibility was, it, whatever you believe his responsibility was in this, it, it's, a, it's really changed the way people view him um, locally and nationally. Not everybody, but, but at least enough of the people that follow college football now wonder, you know, who is Kirk Ferentz? What is he about? What, what you know, was it about just w- trying to win football games? What, what, what is he, what does he care about? Um, and obviously, like you talked about, he's done a lot of philanthropy, uh, given to the hospital. He's helped a lot of players. And, and let's, I, I think it'd be remiss to not mention, I think it was Cole Croston, Pat Anger, and Matt Malloy, three former players at Iowa that came out and, and praised Doyle yesterday on social media. Um, so this isn't just a black and white thing, or um, I guess, you know, there's gray area here. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, uh- and, a lot of nuance, right? And, and exactly, and multiple things can be true. It, and it, it, you can't just say this guy's bad. Throw yeah. him away. He didn't do any good. Um, but you, you just have to weigh what happened here, and you know the people that were involved, how culpable they are, and then even more important, how can they be better moving forward? And that's really what we're going to find out with Kirk Ferentz. He he can determine. You know how he finishes here. He'll yes. be sixty-five in August. I, I don't know how much time he has to do that, but he's he he seems committed to to doing he doing the best he can and working on being better. And now we get to watch. As we said, it, the the words are are important, but the actions are, are way more important. And, and I think as, as I think we said this last week, you know, a, a real chance for him to, to put a positive bow on, on his legacy and, and create a change in this program that, that goes into the future and, and is one of the first programs to really kind of uh, take a look at itself and and, and make some changes. Uh, and, and if you if you question about it, you know how people are looking at Ferentz and if people are talking like this, just look at the way the national media is, is covering this. Now, they don't have the, the relationship that we do with Kirk Ferentz. They don't have all the, the background information and, and 20 years worth of a relationship that, that we do. But um, to see the... And then I guess the other thing, the thing I've kind of had to do as a fan, Rob, is think about how I would be reacting to this if it was happening somewhere else. If this was happening... Uh, you know, n- name a school, name a Power Five, you know, big time Division One football program. Uh, if this was happening somewhere else, how much benefit of the doubt would I give that coach? Somebody who I don't know very well, somebody who I don't haven't read a lot about, haven't talked to, uh, somebody I don't have an emotional connection to. 
if, if you're questioning whether or not this is important for Kirk Ferentz, just think about what what you would think of the coach of, you know, name the school if this was the story coming out of there. I feel like a lot of us Iowa fans who are backing Kirk Ferentz right now would probably not give that benefit of the doubt to to just about anybody else. Now, I think Kirk has earned that, and I really, I truly believe that Kirk Ferentz has earned the chance to make this right. But you can also see that there's pressure coming from places outside of the state uh, to, to kind of move on from this. Yeah, and, and um, great points. And I think um, you can quantify um, – and again, we need to wait to see what this investigation shows, shows right now. These are still just allegations. Um, obviously, a lot of allegations, uh, 50 or 60 from former players on varying levels – um, but we saw what happened uh, at Penn State, and we saw what happened at Michigan State, and we saw what happened at Baylor. Um, and again, you can quantify what you know the 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 circumstances of all of those uh, crises and allegations. And we still have to again, we still have to wait to see what comes back here with this investigation at Iowa. But I think it's natural for fans on the outside, media on the outside, to draw a conclusion before there are facts or before the story plays out. Um, but, I, you know, we all know how those other places are viewed after those stories and after things have, you know, after those things have played out. And that's going to be important here. Um, you know, all of those programs have recovered. Baylor's recovered. Penn State's recovered. Michigan State, I don't know if they're going to recover. Right. Uh, and I don't mean to laugh. It's just uh, I, D'Antonio to me is a guy that uh, I never had a whole lot of respect for. And uh, we'll see what happens uh, under new leadership there. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to throw stones when it's happening in somebody else's house, but when it's happening at your house, um, I think the, the natural tendency is to put your guard up, try to deflect blame, blame other people for what happened, not want to, um, not want to admit that there may be issues, maybe issues in the in the program that you root for. Yeah. Uh, maybe to try to discredit players, and and that leads me to. Um, I wanted to mention this too, uh, the Darrell Johnson Culliano statement that we ran last week that management at Iowa decide or management at Hawkeye Nation decided for us to take down, um, and the basis for that was. Um, and it was talked about on, on KXNO uh, last week. We were both on there, but I don't know. I, I wanted to to. I have had people ask me, so I wanted to explain it on here as well. Um, I, I was in the wrong for not running that by the the owners at Hawkeye Nation before publishing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, it was taken down because one, you know, the owners. My, I don't want to say owners. Joe Schmelka, one of the owners, felt like the credibility wasn't there. My reasoning for running it was, is we had been sharing everybody's stories on the website in story form since the, you know, James, James Daniels first, you know, allegation, uh, on June 3rd. And I think there were better ways we could have handled DJK statement, um, and, and running it. 
Um, but again, it goes back, Andrew, to who do you find credible and who do you not find credible? And again, you can, you know, blame whoever you want or believe whoever you want in this situation. Um, I was of the belief that all voices should be heard and, you know, that I know people have a problem with that. Try the other, find the other side. I did reach out to Iowa for a comment on DJK's statement. They declined comment. I ran a story Sunday about a group of former players and their families that are organizing for answers from Iowa about what they felt was mistreatment. Iowa gave me a comment for that. Um, we're just this story is unfolding and we've tried to follow it all the way along. And I know we've talked about it. People are going to blame me and, you know, say that I'm out with a pitchfork and I'm trying to take the program down. And and if that's how you feel, that that's that's up to you. That's never been my intent. Um, I, I've gotten to know players over the, you know, 23 years of covering this program. I know they want this program to do well. I would I would like for them to see their program do well. I want the best of, you know, whatever can be for Iowa football, but I'm also not going to turn my head and just say, eh, that guy's story sucks. So I'm not going to, you know, run that. I, I, I think if we had handled it differently, the DJK story, and I, and I talked to another one of the owners on how we could have handled it better. Um, it, it would have played better. And I think, uh, you know, I think I learned a lesson there just in terms of, you know, how to present the information. Um, but I don't regret sharing the stories that I've shared and I've shared, you know, like I said, you know, Matt Malloy and Cole Croston and Pat Anger supporting Chris Doyle. I've shared those. I've tried to share everything I can because I think it's important that we hear everybody's voices. Um, but I know some people don't agree with that. And I just wanted to give people a reason why we pulled that pulled that statement down. It wasn't a story. We didn't have uh, we didn't share opinion on it. Um, it was just here's his story. And that's why we ran it. But I think we all knew that whenever that story came out. Yeah. And and other outlets have used part of that statement in, in stories. USA Today has has a, a, a column published with those uh, accusations from DJK. So it's not like we're the only one that had it out there. Um, but, you know, again, people are going to judge the credibility of each person that's making ac- accusations. And there's really nothing you can do about that. I appreciate sorry, that. that. No, sorry, no, that was no, a long, no. A long, dissertation I, I, but I I'm, felt like we needed to explain that. I, I agree and I'm, I'm glad you said that and, uh, and thank you for that uh, going back to last Friday, Kirk Ferentz and, and the players met with the media. It was Kayvon Merriweather, Ivory Kelly Martin, Keith Duncan. Uh, you know, t- to me, the, the big part of that was hearing from those players and kind of hearing them talk about um, that. The, really, the, the meetings they had, what, a week ago, Monday, and then a week ago today on Tuesday, uh, you know, really kind of raw, emotional meetings where they really felt like they were able to speak honestly, and, and really everybody was. And I have a feeling that there wasn't just one side in that room, right? That there, there were arguments, I'm sure, that were had. There were uh, emotions running high and you know, shouting and yelling and all of that kind of stuff, which uh, I think we talked about on, on the Murph and Andy show at some point last week. You know, relationships need that sometimes. Uh, anybody who's been married for long enough understands that every once in a while you need kind of a, a blow-up fight where everything gets out in the open and, and you say everything that's been pent up for a while and the other person listens and 
then they get to say everything that's been pent up for them for a while. And even if each thing isn't addressed, and even if each thing isn't fixed right away, it feels better for having got out there. There's more understanding on the other side of that, and and that's a really good way to kind of heal a relationship. It seems like that happened in the Iowa football program last week, and I was glad to see uh, to hear about that. I was glad to hear the players kind of stand up for. Uh, what they believe in, uh, stand up for, you know, not back down from anything, not say that this stuff wasn't happening, not say that, you know, Kayvon Merriweather didn't say, hey, we're not going to kneel because I put that statement out, but but he did say, hey, this is a discussion that's being had. I was glad it felt like those players had freedom to speak. It didn't feel like they were being handcuffed at all, and uh, and I think that's really a big part of this whole thing is just kind of letting these players, you know, not letting it get to a point where you, it's, it's pent up stories from years and years where then you have to go back and change an entire culture. If this stuff could come to the light as it happens and these things could be addressed kind of quickly, uh, I think that's the way to move forward. Uh, I wasn't there. I know you were, but that's that's kind of the biggest takeaway. Obviously, we've heard so much from Kirk Ferentz, and, and he did speak and, and answer questions during that too, but my biggest takeaway from last Friday, Rob, was, was listening to those three players. I agree, Andrew, and I thought, you know, they they looked, and I wrote this in my column, it looked like some weight had been lifted off their shoulders, um, and, and that weight should have never been there. Um, one of the, the, one of the comments that, that's, you know, stuck out to me the most, and, and again, I included that in my column, was, you know, Ivory Kelly Martin, and I thought all three guys were, were really sincere and open about their experiences, but Ivory Kelly Martin saying, you know, it feels different in the facility, in the weight room, that I can walk around without, without having to, to watch my back. Um, that's, yeah, that's heavy, man. That's really heavy to, you know, for, for players to feel like they can be themselves in that facility and not have to look at, you know, watch their back. I mean, that to me struck really hard and let me know that one, there was a problem there that they had to watch their back prior to that and that they were starting to feel like they didn't have to watch their back anymore and they could go around and go about their business. You know what, Andrew, you know, people may say, well, you know, this was tough coaching and, and look how much success I was had with that tough coaching. Maybe with guys that feel like they can be themselves and be free, maybe they'll win more football games. Yeah. Think about it that way, that, that guys are happy and they want to go out there and, and maybe they're not feeling, um, I don't know. I mean, Maurice Fleming was one of the guys that came out and said he was affected mentally by this. It it affected his mental health. There are guys that were probably feeling that and probably couldn't perform at the highest level because of the treatment. And that's the way we should look at this going forward, that these changes should help this be a better program. Not that it really matters in terms of wins and losses. Um, this, this, is a, this is much bigger than, than results on the field, but a byproduct of being better to people, treating people better, mm-hmm. might end up being a football program that wins more football games. Well, and, and I know for, from experience, Rob, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not that old, but I had coaches who were who were like this uh, growing up. Oh, and, we all did. Yeah, we and, all have tough coaches, and, and a lot of those guys, um, and, and you know, being demanding instead of being demeaning. Yes. Sorry, I, no, sorry no, no. Yeah, you're you're 100 right. And, and I think one of the most important things in in any aspect of life, but certainly in in coaching or teaching or managing people or parenting, is understanding that there there are different personalities, right, and and adapting to those things. 
I'm sure whoever takes over for Chris Doyle and, and every coach in that staff uh, forever will will need to be more demanding of some people. And some people are going to be motivated when you yell at them. And when you cross that line, maybe just step your toe over that line of demeaning. That That's going to get into some people's heads. I'm sure there are people... Uh, as you said, players have come out recently and, and talked about the, their experience with Chris Doyle. I know for a fact that people who were on my high school football team, they benefited from that coaching where I didn't. It didn't motivate me. It didn't help me. It didn't make me better. Now, that doesn't mean it was right or wrong. That just means that's not how I needed to be coached or taught or parented or whatever. Uh, and, and luckily, my parents were able to adapt to four sons who are very different and, and you know teach us in different ways. Um and I think that's something that it seems like Chris Doyle wasn't able to do to adapt to some of those things. But as you said, one of the byproducts of this very well may be more motivated players, right? Uh, guys who, right. who who didn't uh, respond to that type of motivation, who will respond to a different kind of motivation, who will respond to somebody pulling them aside and having a quiet conversation with them and you know putting, hey, hey, we trust you, we believe in you, we love you, we're here for you. Th- they need that support rather than being screamed at all the time. It's, it's not to say that coaches can can never scream at anybody again. It's to understand that you have to adapt your coaching style, as I said, much like your teaching style, your parenting style, your managerial style, to the people that you're dealing with, to to the the subordinates there. Uh, and and so and and I, I agree with you completely. I think the byproduct of that can very well be a better football team, a better football program, more wins on the field, uh, more guys wanting to come into your program when they see that hey, this is not just a one size fits all cookie cutter. If you don't look Look and act like this. You don't fit. Uh, I can be myself at the Iowa program, and I can reach my full potential. I think this could ultimately help recruiting. Uh, and and so, as you said, just the more you care about people, the more you uh, individualize your approach to people. I think the better it's all going to be for everybody. And you wonder, and this is just me wondering and, and kind of speculating here. I've had people ask me, why doesn't Iowa have more on-field success with the amount of players it puts into the NFL? You know, and maybe that is something, you know, about, you know, how everybody is treated. Yeah, maybe it isn't, but it makes you wonder. You ever been part of like a mutinous group, right? A group of people in in whatever walk of life who don't like their leader. Uh, that that group never reaches its full potential. There, there's always that tension. There's always that thing. And, and I'm not saying that was always the case at the Iowa football program, but obviously for some players that was the case. And so yeah, you wonder if there's just more chemistry there, if there's more belief and faith in the leadership from the players, uh, how much better uh, everything can be. Um, What's next, Rob? Uh, you know, really for me, it's obviously the the biggest thing I think out there right now is is going to be waiting for the the findings of this investigation. And it feels like, uh, you know, a couple of jobs, maybe a couple of careers, are on the line uh, depending on what happens and what is found, what comes back from this investigation. Uh, is that kind of the next step for you as well? Just just kind of waiting to to find out what what they find and and what the, I guess, consequences or or changes that are going to be made based on that. That, that investigation yes and and i'm you know i was happy to hear that this is it's not going to drag out that gary Barta said yeah. it should take less than a month before they get that back i hope it's thorough and they're paying an awful lot of money to have this 
Kansas City law firm look into this. Um, but hopefully they get to as many people as they can get to um, and hear as many stories as they can hear and then make a determination from there. Um, and then, you know, continuing to move forward in terms of, uh, m- you know, equity and equality within the program and inclusiveness. Uh, I think that's going to be ongoing. Uh, and I, I would expect, you know, we're going to hear, you know, we'll, we'll ask questions of players about that and, and coaches moving forward. Um, and hopefully we, you know, there's the committee that uh, of former players that they're putting together. We've heard Mike Daniels will be the head of that, but there'll be 10 other players on there. So we'll learn who's on that, what they're, uh, you know, what, what their charge will be, what, what, you know, what they're going to, what, what they'll be looking at, how often they get to meet with players and kind of you know, a better system of checks and balances, if you will. I think there are a lot of um, kind of side stories there that, that are going to all play into Iowa trying to be a better and more cl- inclusive environment. Let's hope. Let's hope that we we find good things. Let's hope that that changes can really be made, and and really whatever whatever that means. I don't I don't wish bad things for any individual. Uh, but if 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 things need to be changed, if people need to go, uh, if that's what this is going to take to make this right and and get this program back kind of uh, headed the right direction, I'm I'm all for that. Um, and and we've talked about it, Andrew. We talked about it last week, and it still holds true, and it's going to hold true moving forward. Iowa can really be the face of uh, rehabilitation, if you will, the yeah. face of progress in, in college football. That's They can have a really big role in this. They can be, okay, we, we had issues. We had problems. We, we recognized them. We addressed them. And now look where we are. Look, look how – Look how we uh, have a committee of former players. Yes. Look how we're dealing with black graduation rates. You know, all of these things, Iowa can step up because it's it's obviously has to, you know, um, rebuild its reputation. But if it does so, it can really be looked at in a positive light of change. Yeah, the Iowa way, right? The the culture in Iowa could could really be a different thing in a few years than, than it has been. Uh, Instead of you know kind of standing for uh, the status quo and and kind of uh, um, when stifle, graduate yeah. when graduate do it right <laughs> right those those are the words that they had been standing by. Now those are going to have different meanings. Yes, and and yeah, hopefully the Iowa way is something that other people will hope to implement. Right, other other programs when this rears its ugly head, and it certainly will, uh, already is in other places around the country. Hopefully, the Iowa way is the thing that people look at and say, "This is how we change this. This is how we move into the future. This is how we become more inclusive uh, and and become a, a better uh, institution all around for for everybody involved." Uh, anything else you want to hit on, Rob? Before we get out of here, uh, anything pressing that they think we need? To talk about before next week no we got a report i believe it was yesterday andrew about the testing of covid over in the athletic department they had a couple of cases oh yeah that's still Uh, happening they didn't (laughs) yeah oh by the way there's still a virus um But yeah, they didn't indicate who tested positive, but they're actively doing that. Obviously, something for us all to keep a you know keep an eye on here. Um, We see some um, 
some cases going up in, in certain parts of the country that, that opened up earlier. Iowa was a, was a state that didn't uh, maybe have as, some as stringent of guidelines. Um, so something to keep an eye on here as we get, what are we, June 16th? We're still, what? Two and a half months from the football season. Yeah. A lot, it'll be interesting to see kind of how this plays out over the next couple months. We'll see, you know, Iowa had the press conference last month about hoping to have a full stadium. Um, they're selling tickets now, uh, as many tickets as people want. Uh, so who's going to be let in? Mm. Is everybody going to be let in? Who will get refunds? I mean, there's a lo- we're going to have a lot more to talk about, about <laughs> this summer, Andrew. We will not have a lack of content on this podcast. We will not. There is so much up in the air right now when it comes to just every aspect of this program. Oh, by the way, we're breaking in a new starting quarterback uh, when, when they actually <laughs> do get onto the field. Uh, Rob, thank you, man, as ever. Thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, check out HawkeyeNation.com for all of Rob's uh, pieces, all of our coverage uh, of everything happening over there. You're, you're doing a great job, man. Don't let anybody else uh, tell you otherwise. And, uh, and, and I appreciate talking to you every week. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Andrew. Yeah, we don't hate the Hawkeyes. We're not Hawkeye Nation that hates the Hawkeyes. So hopefully people will believe us when we say that. And we're just trying to do our job. And uh, I appreciate everybody listening and uh, people that have reached out and, uh, you know, been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reasonable during all this? Yes. Um, yes. And uh, I just ask people to kind of look at this from a little, pull yourself away from it a little bit and try to look at this. Uh, you know, from from a distance a little bit and, and be part of the change, be part of uh, what you can be proud of at Iowa because I think there's a chance that uh, people can be proud of this program depending on how things change. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks!